This is us, Creative Copes, a podcast. Two friends simply wanting to inform and raise awareness about mental and chronic illness. We plan to have open, frank conversation about how we are creatively coping in the bland landscape after diagnosis. Serious discussions mixed in with some dark and most likely inappropriate humor. We want to dig deep into what works for us and what works for others. We invite you to join the conversation. You may notice we have no fancy initials after our names, no MDs or PhDs indicating that we are medical professionals. This is because we are not. We are just two women who have experience with mental and physical limitations, sharing our stories, encouraging each other and everyone to be the best versions of themselves, learning from each other and you on how we can get better and exist in this world. Our views are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult medical or mental health professionals for advice based on what's best for you. Our guests' views and opinions are theirs and theirs alone. Please be advised that we also swear, so this is your warning to proceed with caution. Our content is deep and gritty. We will not offer trigger warnings because life is a trigger and I can't handle censoring everything with a band-aid and some bubble wrap. Vita will give out those warnings as she sees fit. I just don't have the maturity to do so. So sit back, take what you can from our creative copes, be kind in the process, and join us on our journey, one shit show at a time. This is Jen. And this is Mita. And we are Creative Copes Podcast. And in this episode, we are gonna talk about social media as a coping strategy. That's insane. Can you believe it that is. we're already on episode, what is this, nine now? Nine. Episode nine, ladies and gentlemen. You've, we're almost to the double digits. That's amazing. <laughs> And we haven't really decided how long a season's gonna be, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we'll figure it out. Does it sound like cooler if we say like we're already on season four, episode three? Like or should we go like maybe like 10, 15, 20 episodes? I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out as we go. Yes, we'll creatively cope in ways to find that out because you can creatively cope anything. You can. So Jen, how are you today? I am doing well. I uh, am just getting over my uh, headphone debacle. I have a <laughs> head, little headphone irritation from on the top of my large head, and um, I just threw in my fruit-shaped logo earbuds, and I feel much better about life. And how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm going on week two from recovering of cleaning my house. <laughs> Post-exertional malay. Yes, it's so fancy. <laughs> it is. It, I like saying it fancy. I like saying everything fancy, though. I kind of feel like I should have been royalty, but <laughs> it didn't work out that way. Because I would like to be fancy tone like that. Oh, of course. Why are you so tired? What's happening? I got some color back. Uh, you did get color. I will admit you were a little pale, but you never looked like you were eating bit. zombies. <laughs> no, I wasn't eating zombies. I looked like a zombie. Slow going, coming back. The whole thing of taking it easy is not something I have an easy time with because I get impatient. Mm. But I have a husband who keeps on telling me to go sit down. So there's that. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, I mean, very nice. <laughs> It could, be, it could be the other way. <laughs> Drill sergeanting you. So fucking lazy. Get up and do stuff. Yeah, exactly. No. It's like, why is the floor dirty, Mita? Right. What are you doing? What do you? What have you been doing with yourself? See, but 
my internal dialogue makes me, and I'm not told that either, but my internal brain tells me that people are thinking that of me. If I'm resting, if you will, or, you yeah. know, like trying to take care of myself, it's like, you lazy piece of shit. You're just well, going to sit an, there. That's an anxiety riddle brain though. It is. And I I mean. That's anxiety I'll, talk. I get it too sometimes. <laughs> my poor brain is just. I would love to, if anxiety like had like a color, like if our brains had a color chart and like it was like it color coded, I wonder how much of my brain is anxiety colored because it's pretty anxious all the time. It's amazing. What and color things, would it be? Anxiety? Yeah. Like what color do you expect that to be? Because we can make it real fancy, like uh, glittery pink or something, and then it will be real pretty. No, I can't. As do, an image. Glitter makes me like anxious because it sticks to my <laughs> See, hands and then it like perfect. That's no, perfect. That's <laughs> But it's like too girly. My if anyone daughter knows would me, be so happy to see that. I know, but we don't want to mm. encourage anyone to like happy bling, bling. anxiety brains. Bling, bling, brains. bling. It's, it's a bling, bling brain. Come bling. on. Bling <laughs> zong brain. I don't like my no! brain. It's no. True. It's okay. I'm completely at peace with it. It's just, it doesn't, my brain does, I like my brain. My brain doesn't like me. That's the problem. But I'm learning. It's, it's a it's learning. The room is on fire and you're fine. Roger, zero G and I feel fine. I mean, the roof. I thought you were going into song. No. The roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. That's what my brain says. It's true. Yes. And then I go, who let the dog out? Ooh, ooh, ooh. My brother no, seriously, said that who let like the dog God. out? My dog's in the house. He's my. sleeping somewhere. Hmm. Anyways, we're getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Um... So, Mita, I have yes. a question for you. Okay. What is your feeling about social media? Not research-based, your feelings. What is your? What are your feelings about social media and its effect on our physical, emotional, and mental health? Uh, you really want to hear this? I think the people need to hear this. <laughs> That's why I asked. My personal opinion about social media is um, ambivalent. No, you're not ambivalent about it. Because I can understand the good idea of social media on a whole to stay in contact with friends and family and stuff. Because, you know, my most of my friends and family are overseas. Right. So, so it's that a, part I can understand completely mm -hmm. that it could be a beautiful thing. However... <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to hear about the dark side of PETA <laughs> and the conspiracy? The dark side of the web. No, the social media, seriously. It's a little think, bit culty, I think. I think you might be a little bit culty. Actually, I think social media is a little bit culty. <laughs> you do. Yes. <laughs> it's true. And it's very addictive. Mm -hmm. And I do not like seeing people walking around not looking up from their phones. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah, it, and I see most of the kids on the school bus instead of interacting with their fellow bus riders, students next to them, they just look on their phones. Yeah, but and, they're riding the bus. You said on the bus. I was just saying they're fellow bus riders. Why no, can't they I be see bus? it even when they're walking down the street? They're just looking oh. on their phones. It's like all around the all phone. The time. I need to clarify yeah. my kids do not have smartphones. I'm very anti-social media for kids because I think it's way too addictive and there are other ways kids who have developing minds can cope with stresses. And I think it's better they learn those strategies before they go on and get inundated with all the stressors that come from social media. I applaud that. I applaud your parenting style. I applaud your, like, that you stood by it. Like, there's a lot of people that want to have that implemented in their families and in their home lives, but they can't stick to it and that you've actually stuck with it and your children have adjusted to not having the smartphones and 
they're okay with it. There's so much pressure on the younger generation, like all the kids and teens with everything that comes with social media, that those are filters. There is that constant validation thing that they're looking for. Yeah. And I just want to go, it's a trap. Like yeah. Admiral Akbar in, in Star Wars, which goes right over your head because right you haven't seen the Star Wars. <laughs> Listen, that's a touchy subject and I'm very, I'm going to get hate mail for that. You know, people actually get <laughs> like physically angry. Jen. It's it, blasphemy. I know, I know. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I digress. Another thing with the social media apps and stuff are the notifications. Yes. I cannot handle the notifications. I have all the notifications off, not for the normal like phone messaging and phone calls. Mm -hmm. Those I do not have off, but all the other notifications, they are not around on my phone because they can really stress me out. It's the whole of always having to be present Mm -hmm. and always have to perform kind of thing. It's It's not something. Yeah, it's not something I'm... I enjoy. So I keep my phone on silent mode all, pretty much yeah, all day. Same. And then when I know that someone's going to, you know, if like, say, for instance, we're doing something, you and I, and, you know, then I may turn it on so that I can actually hear the notifications or, or such. But typically I don't need to be notified because when I'm on the phone is when I'm interacting with the people or the things that I need to be doing. So I don't need notifications about them. It's right. almost like when um, caller, not caller ID, call waiting came out. It first came out. I remember my parents used to get pissed. They'd be on the phone. And when you're a teenager, you know, young teenager and stuff, you know, your friends are calling all the time. <laughs> and oh my like, God, yeah. My parents would be so annoyed because they'd just get on the phone, like say they were on phone with like their friend and they'd be on the phone two minutes and then a call would come in and they wouldn't answer. They'd be like, okay, you know what? At this point, it's ju- it's after school. It's Jen's friends. We're just going to, you know, we're just not going to answer it. and hang up. And then two minutes later, again and again and again. And then finally they were like, oh my God, you know, it's like they're constantly being interrupted. And as much as that's awesome when like, say for instance, you have a child that's not home and you're on the phone, just say you and I were just chit-chatting and you're like, oh, hold on one second. And you click over and it's the child's school and they're saying, oh, you know, they're sick and they need to be picked up. That's Mm -hmm. amazing when you Mm -hmm. can interrupt for things of that nature. But Mm -hmm. when it's the kids just calling, wanting to chat because kids used to do that back in the old days when I was little. And um, that was the the era of the home phone. (laughs) I still have the home phone. You know this. I'm OG. Yeah, I know. I know. We don't. For somebody who is so like conservative with their use of social media, you would think that you'd want a home phone so that the the spies and the aliens can't listen in on your phone conversations. I don't. I they don't do understand. it on the home phone too. Jesus, don't ruin life for me right now. I like to think. Actually, I just like the home phones better because when I'm on them, I do a lot of work for like my my grandma and some people that I have to be on the phone with for lengthy periods of time, I feel like at least I'm not putting, what is it, radiation from cell phone or whatever it is, yeah. the bad stuff into my brain. So I'm like, well, I'll just use, <laughs> I rationalize it by using like a, and when I say home phone, I mean, they're all cordless. So, I mean, I'm probably doing the same shit anyway. I don't know. I'm just a mess. It's fine. But as I was saying, as I <laughs> took a very long winded turn is that back in the day, we used to get interrupted with that. And we thought that was annoying. And that was yeah. just one little beep, you know? And, and now you have it constantly ID. with you. Right. And with caller yeah. ID, it kind of takes away some of the, like, if I wanted to know who was calling, I had to answer it to find out. And now we kind of take that component out too. And it's like, nah, I don't like them or I don't feel like talking to them right now. I'm not going to answer that person's call. And then that creates a a very negative thing too. Like with kids, you know, it's like, well, yeah. you picked up their call. It's like, yeah, because I wanted to talk to them. and that's It's the cool. instant gratification. See, we can go down in yeah. the freaking deep depth of this cons that I have in my head about this. But uh, what is your personal <laughs> opinion? I have the same fears, maybe not to the same extent. I do have the same, as we've, uh, Mita and I have talked about, I do share a lot of those same fears. My child is a little bit 
older than Mita's. Um, we did allow her to have a smartphone pretty early. In the beginning, it was mostly for, I think when she went to middle school, we allowed it. And in my mind, it was not that it had to be a smartphone per se, but it was the the social stuff that led her to need, quote unquote, need a smartphone. It's like, well, all my friends have one. Why can't I have, you know, and I, I'll be honest, oh, we came to the it. Absolute best tactic to get your family to do what you want. Oh, yeah. But my I, I, friends do it. My friends true. have it. My friends. I fell for her friend's peer pressure. That's what I, I felt bad. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want her to stick out like a yeah. sore thumb and not have it. So we caved and did it. And it was like, okay. But we didn't. One thing I will say, and not mm. <laughs> maybe this is my justification for doing something that I didn't necessarily want to do. But one of the things was like, listen, we're not getting you like the top of the line, brand new phone. She started off that fruit product. She didn't start off with one of those. That was peer pressure for the end of middle school. (laughs) One of those. I'll be honest. It was, you know, at first we were like, no, you can have, you know, and she was pissed about it. She was like, yeah, but all my friends have those. And I'm like, great. You're lucky you have, you know, they're never, it's always, I get it. It's the world that we live in. That's what they're used to. She didn't even know what a commercial was for Christ's sake. I mean, it was so sad. Poor kid was like, mommy, fast forward. I'm like, fast forward what? We're watching TV in real time. She's like, fast forward. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. This is this is the news. It's happening right now. And so that instant gratification stuff, it just it it plays a weird part in everything. It does. My kids, I must say, they do have a phone. At least my older kids, my middle schooler and my high schooler. Mm-hmm. They have a phone, but it's one where you can send messages and you can receive messages. You can make calls. You can receive calls. That's it. Right. It was $50 off of Amazon. Nice. So that's what we have. Because I I figured, you know, if they need to stay in contact with their friends, because I do see that they all have phones. Right. And that would that's only fair that they are allowed to associate with their friends. And if that's exactly. the only way. Then I say, fine, you can have a phone because we don't have a home phone. Here's this $50 basic thing that you can communicate with your friends on. Mm-hmm. But that's it. That's so good. Um, Social media and me. I do utilize social media in ways probably that the typical 44-year-old maybe working person doesn't rely on it. Having agoraphobia and panic disorder, as we've learned in other episodes, um, (laughs) keeps me home a lot. So therefore, it is an outlet for me to be in the real world, if you will. So I do tend to lean on it in those ways. I don't go overboard. I can put my phone down. I don't like having it at the dinner table. I don't like, you know, when someone's talking to me, I give them my full attention. I can easily shut it off and put the phone away. I hate that feeling when you're speaking to someone and they're looking and it's like, you just feel so little and not important. And it's an awful feeling. And I don't want to ever make anyone feel that way. So I try very hard. I do enjoy the outlets for anxiety when I'm anxious. Like, for instance, the singing app that we use that is technically social media based in the respect of I'm using it for the social component. Well, so do I. Yeah. It's a coping strategy. Definitely. (laughs) But it could also be very addictive. I mean, I've seen people go down there too, where they kind of disappear and all the validation stuff that you can get in every single social media app right now. Absolutely. So yeah, I've never been. I don't. It's like care. a healthy distance to it. Like mm-hmm. this is my coping strategy to get it out, and then that's it. Yep. Sometimes use it a little bit, maybe more than I should. Like there's nights where it's like, wow, it's three o'clock in the morning. I should be sleeping right now. I I definitely <laughs> get my enjoyment, but it again. I'm lacking in other ways. So I kind of fill it in that those way. ways. So yeah. that's, you know, that's my guilty that pleasure, sense. if you will. Yeah. 
Um, but I also can, it's not like a, an addiction where I, I have to do it or I go down a dark hole. For we do have regular cable and pay channel, like on TV. I know a lot of people utilize only the online apps for watching television. We still have cable and I movie don't. channels and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So that's, you know, socially... I do like to keep in contact with people. Um, I have a, a group of um, friends from growing up that I like to keep in contact with, even if it's just perusing. Um, I don't use Facebook anymore. I don't. Facebook has a negative feel to me. Mm. I don't know why, but it just, it puts me in a place where I have, I had to stop using it. It just didn't make me feel good about myself anymore. And it was something I was like, nah, I, I'm just gonna, I, I have it because I belong to a group that I was, I'm an admin in that particular group. So I, I can't leave it. I mean, I technically could, but choose to keep it just for that. And I go on and I check the parameters of that group. Mm. I accept new members and then I get off. But other than that, I don't care for that app. I do yeah, have I don't Pinterest. Really. Yeah. That Pinterest one's fun. Is still, yeah, that one's fun. I like to, because I like crafty I, things. <laughs> yeah, and ideas and inspiration that way, you know, ways to find creative stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's more, you. a lot of this, basically the social media stuff is for my mental health. And I, I will say that's really a, for a social life and for mental health. I don't have much of a social life out in the quote unquote real world, so Social media has that component, but for the most part, it's just for the creativity stuff. I enjoy it for that. My family is pretty much the same way. My daughter, unfortunately, she's at an age where it is everything to have followers and 50,000 followers on this. And I'm like, yeah, the validation factor. Yeah. It's, and there's actually a study about the fear of missing out. Stressor. Oh, FOMO. Absolutely. Yes, that comes with social media apps. So yeah, I think even even on our singing app, I, I, I'll be honest with you, once in a while, especially when we were in a group, there was that fear of missing out because it yeah. was like, if you weren't on it, and then they're all talking about something later, it's like, wait, I'm, what's going on? What happened? What I missed? Right. You know, and right. you almost feel like the nerdy kid in last picked for kickball, it, it starts bringing back those kind of reminiscent feelings and it's, it's awkward and weird. So, well, someone who has anxiety and social anxiety, me, a situation like that is a trigger for me. Oh, and I could totally see when you were being yeah. triggered when you'd come into a room, you'd be like, hi, bye. Okay. And then we were like, or not we, but I would kind of just. <laughs> side messenger and be like, hey, I just want to check in. How are you doing today? You know, I could tell that like, there was a I'm little good. anxiety going I'm on. I'm just not going to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just hope. too much for me. It was too much. Yeah. It goes into the whole notification stressor. We hope you're enjoying this episode, fellow creative copers. If you'd like to join the conversation, have suggestions or feedback, feel free to message us on Instagram, comment on our posts, or email us at creativecopes at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with you. It would also be super cool if you join the conversation by posting about your creative copes on social media. Just add the hashtags creative copes and creative copes podcast so we can find you and potentially share on our Instagram social handle. Don't forget to read and subscribe to our blog, Wisdom Walks, on our website, creativecopes.wixsite.com forward slash podcast forward slash Wisdom Walks. Again, that is creativecopes.wixsite.com forward slash podcast forward slash Wisdom Walks. Don't forget to love, follow, share, subscribe, and hit the notification button wherever you can find us. Your continued support means the world to us and it inspires us to continue providing content. Please. And thank you. That's where we kind of went this week with our podcast. We wanted to look at social media 
and the pros and cons. And yeah. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I'm going to probably be pretty quiet today in this component <laughs> because I had the pros and there's, I mean, research after research after research and it started to become redundant. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I have a couple of points to make, but other than that, I think we're every article that was pro, there was 10 cons with it. So I found one statement there, like a quote that I thought was pretty good to bring up. Mm -hmm. What the problem is that there are not proper contextualized research into social media and its effects. So when you start looking into the research, then it kind of breaks up into all these little subgroups that you have to then try to put together to get a bigger picture and they're all done under a shorter period of time instead of a long period of time. Because let's be honest, social media hasn't been around for that long. Right. And this whole, whether it has a good or bad impact, hasn't really come up before the 2016 election. We're not going to go into that. Or even that we became a real big deal for covid that's when people started looking at social media as a good or bad thing. Absolutely. Because they were home. They were forced to because they were utilizing it more and more. Exactly. And that's also where most of the research has taken place when people were more home and spending time online because then the researchers could look up hashtags, for instance, or mm -hmm. see where most of the searches were taking place or what people were looking at because, you know, they're tracking us, people. They're tracking <laughs> us. <laughs> They're tracking us everywhere. <laughs> I'm assuming this is correct, but did you see The Social Dilemma, the documentary in 2020? I did. I did. Yeah. Eye-opening. If you haven't seen it yet, people, I would watch it. And it the part that definitely hit home for me was when you're watching all these tech experts telling you at the very end that they don't allow their kids to go on social media. I was like, oh, I'm they just dying. confirmed for me what I already had a feeling in my stomach about. Yeah. So I watched it with my kids, actually. I did, too. I thought it was really important that we watched yeah. it as a family. And it was like, holy shit. <laughs> so because algorithms and the way they play on your emotional and social needs, feelings, um, needs and feelings. Yeah. It just kind of becomes a little brainwashing if you will <laughs> but I thought what was interesting here is that they notice that there's a lack in research or more like the emerging research about coping with stress by using media has evolved in various research areas mm -hmm. and this have contributed to different aspects of this topic but neglected others that makes sense yeah, Because again, it, it's still new. In the grand yeah. scheme of things, it is still new. <laughs> I read an article that was saying that our physical bodies are starting, are going to, you know how giraffes, like <laughs> their necks got longer mm -hmm. as the food supply diminished mm -hmm. lower and lower. So their necks got longer. And that was over time. Well, we look down, or kids or people, everyone, I guess, you know, you're looking down at your, and as I'm doing it, I'm actually showing you like you can see me, but you look <laughs> down and they're, they're, they're afraid that pretty soon we're going to start evolving into having like necks that have like hump pretty much in them because they're down or our thumbs are going to be different because of the constant use. I mean, this is real life shit that it, we're going to be changing bodies because of social media. That's crazy to me. Well, that's not going to happen for a few thousand years. I mean, it takes yeah, I mean, I time to it. evolve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well, worried that I'll see them. But <laughs> If you consider it, social media has, like, it's gone boom. And our minds and our bodies are not adapted to it. You know, we are supposed to be more out in nature, as we have talked about previously. It's the same thing with having cities. We are probably not used to having cities because, again, it's like something that has grown and sure. we just adapt as well as we can, but our bodies haven't really adapted naturally yet. It's no, going to take a few generations. Though. Exactly. It's going to take a few generations before 
we have adapted to the speed of things. To like things like the VHS, like video, like when we would watch like a movie and Mm. you would watch a VHS tape. It was years before then the DVDs came out. But then you started seeing things pick up. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed like there was TV for a while and then there was from TV, then you had like the movie type channels and cable, that sort of thing. And then a while later, then you had these machines that you could watch a movie on and then you could record the TV. But it seemed like it went slower. Now things are just evolving so quickly as far as the next new thing and the next new gadget and social, even just within social media, it's insane the speed that things come out and I mean, it is incredible, but I don't think we as humans can possibly keep up. No, and that's why it. I think we see more mental illness, more physical illness, more, you know, yeah. we're not outside. We're not getting sunlight. We're not, we're all hunkered down in our rooms staring at blue light cast from our computer screens. It's not great. I don't know. Jen, just, you were going to go into pawns. No, pros. <laughs> I I can't help that there's not many. Do you actually? We should let you just do the cons first, and then no, I'll, I'll throw I do in a have pros. a few pros. I do have a Don't few pros. Don't you dare! You got to leave me something to talk <laughs> <Okay>. about. <laughs> <laughs> you go into the pros then. Okay, I went through many different websites and different articles and such, and. There are pros. I don't want to sit here and and badmouth social media. Like we said, there are there are pros. A lot of every article I think I've read, there's a common theme. Stay connected with family and friends seems to be at the top, especially during COVID. That was a big deal. And I think yes. it was in the best possible way because we also have to think of the flip. This is going to sound like a con, but it's not. Not everybody has the best home life. So no. During COVID, when you're forced to be home, and if it's not a good home life that you have, that could be not only isolating like everyone else, but it's also detrimental to your mental health, if you will. Having that ability to stay connected, number one, was a safe thing for people because it kind of let others know that you were okay if there was, because I know domestic violence was on the rise at the Mm -hmm. time and, you know, children, neglect, certain things like that. I mean, there's a lot of scary things that happened with the pandemic that was just besides getting the virus. So, you know, you have all these people home. So the pro of that is staying connected with family and friends. If you felt like you were getting too dark or too deep into something, you could reach out maybe to a friend or a family member and just have a chat and just seeing them on a screen. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't seeing them in real life, but it made you still have that feeling of closeness. And so that was, you know, very important. Because we as humans, we are actually a social creatures. We need the social community feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you can find it online, then obviously that's what you're going to go gravitate and search towards. out. Exactly. You're going to gravitate towards it. But it can also create a little bubble of confirmation bias if you're not careful. Right. Yeah, it should be used. We can't say sparingly. It's not necessarily no. Just with a healthy type of distance, where you can still put away your phone, but you enjoy it. It doesn't add extra stressors to your life. And also, there's a common sense approach too. I think you have to take things with a grain of salt. Not everything that you read on social media is truth. What's the next pro? Another pro, and again, I'll let you uh, follow up to this. Yeah. The creation of communities for like-minded people to share. Now, that can be a beautiful thing because, for instance, if I wanted to, even what we're doing here, I mean, with this podcast, we're trying to find people that are in the same boat that we are struggling with physical and mental health issues. We're looking at ways that we cope, how we can creatively kind of tweak things to add more substance to our lives and and more joy and happiness. But this is what I look at as the creation of communities for like-minded people. 
that's what I think of. It's not, but it can go down a very dark path. Which, oh my God, yes. <laughs> you know, tell us about what, how can that be, how can that be bad? How can that, <laughs> I'm trying to get together with a group of like-minded people to share information. So how can that be bad? Tell me. All right. So I'm going to give you a little personal story here. Yeah. When I first was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, I went online to look up every single research study there was, and I looked up everything that could possibly help me, and I joined support groups online. Ew, I'm sorry. I figured <laughs> maybe someone had tried something that I could try or haven't tried yet that I could try and it would work for me, right? Because mm -hmm. who wants to have fibromyalgia for the rest of their lives? No one. Exactly. No one. If someone has a cure that worked for them, you're bound to maybe want to try Right. <laughs> so I went in good faith into these support groups, but I had to leave after a while. It was not supportive. It was not positive. I know there's a fine line there with toxic positivity and positivity, but I wanted a positive experience, not something that added extra negativity in my life. And there's a lot of negativity going around in support groups. And yeah, it it's hard. Out. Yeah, it's hard for the moderators to stay on top of it and distinguish whether it's just negative outrage or whatever, and actual someone who's crying out for help. And I just wanted the positive, let's move forward. Let's try to find the next research. Let's try to find the next thing to try to fix this. That's kind of where I was at mm -hmm. in my mind. And that is not what I found in most of these support groups. So I had to leave. Yeah, I don't do well. And that's why I was, I was kind of, I was half joking when I kind of said <laughs> ew before, because we found... <laughs> In one of the things that one of the aspects that we were looking into for this podcast, I have a very hard time when something is supposed to, it starts out very positive. This message is there that we are here to support and to help each knowledge. other. Right. Yes. These and are to all come up with coping things. strategies and all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big reason why Mita and I are doing what we're doing. It's almost like to do the, to weed out the negative crap and, <laughs> and kind of bring forth the actual skills and the things that we can do to make the changes that we need. Because, because everyone's entitled to a woe is me day. I we're no one's above that. Everyone has a rough time. We can't all feel good all of the time. And I get that. There's right. ways of coping and just putting yourself out there. I mean, you could say the sky is blue and all of a sudden it's not, they're not even going to comment on the sky. It's just like, we weren't even talking about that. We were just talking about the weather. You know, it's like, let's stay on, like I should talk, let's stay on topic. But, <laughs> <laughs> but as far as, you know, keeping the, the vibe of the group, it just, I have not found one, if you will, that it's my personality type, I guess. I don't do the woe is me shit. I can't go for that. I get we all have shitty days, but I can't stew in that forever. Otherwise, we're all just going to be, then we might as well just wash our hands and be like, okay, we all have chronic illnesses. We're all fucked up. And the life is that we live is horrible. And, you know, I, I can't, yeah. to me, that's not what I was looking for. I wanted to move Find forward and move forward. Exactly. Right. And being able was... to move forward with the limitations that I have been saddled with. And that's all we wanted. We just want, yeah. you know, we were looking for those things. We couldn't find them. So we decided to make our own. So that's what <laughs> pretty much creative copes is, is well, <laughs> our little space to find like-minded people yeah. to share with. And I'd like to believe that that's what we're doing. thinking too with the with the singing app that there is a potential for it to be great because you have tons of like-minded people there liking to sing and like music and all that stuff 
But there's always some people that, you know, just kind of not work with it. Right. They can bring the, either the group down or they have something negative to say or they right. think that they're a teacher and they're going to... Listen, I go on that app. I give it my my one shot. I am a yeah. one take wonder and I have no problem with that. That's what I utilize that app for. It's fun for me and I want to keep it fun. I mean, if I'm doing, again, if there's like a special, like a birthday song or something that, you know, we're working hard as a group on, then yes, I will <laughs> put extra effort and things into, but for the most part, I'm on there to sing and have fun. And release not- the extra stress. Yes. That's exercise for me, you know, some days. So I'm not looking for someone to tell me, oh, well, you're singing in the wrong pitch. And I mean, again, constructive criticism is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yeah. And then people can be nasty too. And it's like, they can be really nasty. There's some big trolls out there. Oh, what do you call them? Keyboard warriors. (laughs) (laughs) I told Mita about keyboard warriors and she's like, oh my gosh, we should call ourselves that. I'm like, no, no, no. We do not want to well, be keyboard warriors. Those are I the was big innocent. I was, was innocent until you forwarded me the definition of it. <laughs> it's true. I popped her keyboard warrior cherry, if you will. And uh, I was basically like, listen, those are the weirdos that have big balls that can say shit. Online, no, they don't have don't big have, balls. They have small no, no, no. balls. <laughs> exactly. They don't have. They say it online because they can. They can put. They can't put their money where their mouth is. Type thing. They can right. say it there because they're anonymous. anonymous. Yes. And that's a dangerous thing. That's one of your cons, and you can get to that when we, whenever you feel like it. <laughs> because mm. I mean, it applies everywhere. But back to the pros. Um, <laughs> there's only a few, so I no one. Uh, I can understand as a chronic illness person, <laughs> chronically ill person. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're a chronic illness person. I am. Oh, you look it up in the dictionary. You see a picture of me. I'm a chronic no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. As someone who is home most of the time, social media can be a breath of fresh air or a way to just positive about it. That's no, but this is, this is, (laughs) this is what we've been talking about that this part of it can actually be a good thing, but that's loneliness. Yes, it does. And chronically ill and people with mental illness who are home, like us, it kind of alleviates the, the feeling of loneliness because who wants to be alone? And if you're, the thing is, if you're alone most of the time, then you stew in your emotions and it will become depression and depression can, you know, spiral out of control. So it's the whole social aspect of it because we are social creatures. Right. And if used in the proper way, it can be the positive thing. Absolutely. But it's a fine line to balance on because it can easily tip over into the cons if you're not careful. Right. Because that awareness on there, and that's one of the things Mm. that was discussed as well. It's like, okay, it's supposed here, it's supposed to be a safe and friendly environment to talk about issues and struggles and things in some, you know, on some of the like chats or um, support groups. But again, you have people that will go for the jugular, and it's like, okay, that safe bubble that I thought I created isn't so safe anymore. It's the utopian idea versus the dystopian reality. Yeah. It's like the wild, wild west out there, people. (laughs) Exactly. I just think everybody's a big, giant asshole. I don't know. (laughs) No, not everybody. That's generalizing. But Yeah. That was the main across the board thing. There was a few other pros that were listed, but there wasn't a ton. So there was, let's say those... Four, the connecting to family and friends, the creation of communities for like-minded people, combat loneliness and of space to feel accepted, and then awareness, you know, bring awareness to certain uh, struggles and issues. Yeah. Which, um, again, the COVID pa- pandemic showed because no one knew really about the effects following COVID. And then people started talking about long COVID on the internet, on social media. And mm-hmm. that is how scientists and researchers and doctors actually found out about long COVID. 
Right. But then, unfortunately, you here. I'm gonna we'll switch for a second because mm. you had the pro <laughs> there of yes that and that was a good I thing. I was because, just vibing yeah. in there to what you were saying. <laughs> no, it's not bad at all. It's just it's funny because there, it, it's there is unfortunately like a con to every pro, yeah. and it, with that, what happened too was you started. We'll use the pandemic as our talking board here. Then you had people who were anti-vax and pro-vax and anti-this and pro-this. Polarization happened exactly because of misinformation. So that is something that popped up in the research too, that the misinformation is a negative that that is online. Because if you have a chronic condition, it is easy to find the pro stuff on there where it says exactly, you know, a good scientific article about how, how what it's supposed to feel like, how what kind of stuff they have going on right now that could help you or whatever. But then you have the flip side to that, which is people saying that it's not a condition, it's not a real thing, or they give you like shit advice, basically. And I know for myself, as chronically ill in the beginning, I was desperate to feel better, to be back to normal. I was desperate for it. So if you're in that mindset, then you are willing to try any fucking thing that's out there that has been suggested. I'm not saying I did, but can you see where I'm going with this? Like the misinformation that people put out there because of chronic illness and disorders and syndromes and shit, it can be a very bad thing for people who are desperate for a solution. So You have to fact check things and make sure that they are proven and tested and safe before trying anything, really. I mean, it's what someone interprets as common sense may not translate to someone else as common sense. And they may, even if they're joking, you know, there's there's some danger in that and just trying something just because somebody told you to. I mean, my daughter came out with something one time. She was like, oh, mom, I watched this thing on TikTok and she told me it. And I was like, my God. And you, she's very vulnerable to things like that. And she believed it. And I was like, no, 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 that's not even based on truth. Look, let's look it up. It was a good learning experience to look up together, but I was amazed and saddened that she thought that that was even remotely true. You know, it's frightening. It's frightening what you can find on there as well. Absolutely. I mean, I stumbled over several websites um, and people trying to sell books and whatnot about what could cure my conditions, Mm -hmm. but it was with the negative spin on it. I was not as desperate as going into it, but it was an interesting way of finding out that not everything on the internet is a good thing for you or it's not it's there to take advantage of you instead of helping you mm-hmm. so yeah the, the it's the same thing when social media really got the boom that's what the people started putting out into the world you get the clicks you get the followers and then and then you As start that. feeling then you start feeling bad about yourself because whatever is showcased on the internet or on social media is supposedly how your life is gonna be but it's not so and then you start questioning what's wrong with me how come it didn't right. work that way for right me? and then you go down the mental health path again where mm-hmm. you can just spin out of control so i i think social media in short can have a good impact if it's moderate use and mm-hmm. then if you're you are actually approaching it with a clear mind not desperate, not looking for validation, not going in there with a dark mindset or questioning everything in life. You go in there with a clear mind. And I think social media can have something for you. Otherwise, I think social media can become very stressful and a negative impact. Mm -hmm. Because in fairness, like during the pandemic, it did help with our children here in Florida. We were out of school, you know, doing this school from home. So Mm. education wise, to be able to just, you know, to have these kids not miss the rest of the 
what was it, early spring of 2020, you know, to yeah. be able to finish out that school year on the computer. It was, you know, I give the teachers a lot of credit and stuff. And that was a lot of, a lot of work, know, trial and error yeah. and learning, you know, because none of us had ever had to do that before. And we had kids that were sitting in front of computers. All, and then, you know, that had its negative effects for kids sitting in just one spot all day in their room or on the computer, wherever your computer was, you know, so there's, it had its educational pluses because it allowed the kids to actually be involved in school. And that Mm -hmm. was so important, but, and even sometimes in the zoom calls, you know, they got to see their friends. That was the only way they were seeing their friends was actually through a screen. So there was a pro to that during the pandemic, but then there's also the, the negative of, for instance, writing a paper, how easy is it nowadays to, <laughs> I mean, the, all, you all you have to do is type in the name of the topic of a paper that you have to write for school. And I mean, you can find hundreds upon hundreds that you could just basically copy and paste. And that's frightening to me that our kids, they're not learning anything by that. That's not research. When I, when I was in, when we were in school, we had to go to the library and research things and give examples of where we learned our information from. It's like the internet makes it very easy to cheat pretty much cheats you out of your education as well. And, and learning. And that's sad to me because you shouldn't be able, I guess, to, I mean, I, I, the internet is a free enterprise that, you know, everyone has access to and does what they want on, but to be able to download a, a paper and, and then you didn't, or not read a book, you know, and you have all of the answers to the questions right there in front of you, that's where it gets very cloudy again. You know, it could Tricky. be used. Yeah. I use an app for um, borrowing library books. I love it. I am able to borrow library books on, and it transports it to my Kindle and I am able to read library books. It doesn't cost anything. I mean, it's fantastic. That's yeah. a positive use of social media. And then there's a website that I utilize that I can share my thoughts on the book. And then I look at other friends that are in my circle and I can see what they're reading. And it's like, oh, you know what? We have similar tastes in book. I'd like to read that too. The social component of things when used properly can be magical. And if you are stuck at home or suffering with different things and you are isolated from the social component a lot, it can be helpful, but always take things with a grain of salt. And that is something that I think we can't stress enough because it can get very muddied and dirty very quickly. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So I think that's where I stand as far as social media. It it has amazing pros, but it also has very devastating cons. And I think we have to take both of them into consideration when really looking at what we're utilizing it for. If you're looking for a cure of something, I have a disease that there is no known cure for as of right now. There's a million and one websites that'll tell me that they've found the cure for certain things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not against reading some of them and looking at what they have to say, but I take it with a grain of salt. I'm like, okay, that's a... Yeah, that was the approach I had too when I went on the internet to research. But I can also see when you have a desperate mindset that it can be quite alarming to see that and then you go off on a tangent a tangent tangent <laughs> no you go off into a direction where you shouldn't be headed beheaded <laughs> i'd like to mince the words a beheading was just yes you shouldn't be heading anyone or anything you shouldn't be heading down that route oh, i'm done i'm done no you're uh, not done you are not done giant so how should we sum this up because it feels like we keep on summing it up after every little paragraph we're talking about. I think because this is an issue that has so many compare and contrasts. Mm. This one for research wise, I know for myself, everything that I could find had a follow up to why it wasn't 
a good idea. You know, so I think that's why this was very back and forth for the both of us is because there are, there are pros and along with those pros comes 10 more cons. And that is, I think the main idea of it. But as far as a a quick summary of the pros, yes, it can boost your self-esteem in some situations. It can offer school assistance, educational assistance, the technology for learning is there. It can promote the creativity. It can connect you with people globally, which is an incredible feat in and of itself. And at any yeah. time of day or night. And with doctors too, I know that's something that has been since the pandemic as well. Mm. You have access to doctor care through your computer now. It's more widely acceptable for someone who let's say is agoraphobic and maybe could is completely homebound that's life changing for them because they could not leave their home and now they're actually speaking with a doctor so i think that is it's admirable but then in the same breath you have doctors who wouldn't treat that way because like if you're agoraphobic it goes you need exposure everything. yeah you yeah. need exposure to so <laughs> there's yeah. our pro and con you know that's yeah. kind of again So if it's utilized for the wanting to send photographs to family and friends, um, saying, keeping in touch, saying hello, you know, see what everybody's up to and you're okay with how you feel about that. That's where I think the pros are good. Okay. So that's pretty much where I stand with the pros. Stay connected with family and friends, creation of communities for like-minded people to share, combat loneliness, space to feel accepted, and uh, healthy awareness. So that is what I took away from my research on social media. What did you take away from yours, Mita? That the cons can (laughs) overpower the pros if you're not careful. And balance. <laughs> balance yes. is very important. Yes. See, my my wrap up there was just so much shorter than yours. <laughs> I don't I'm know what else sorry. to say. If, no, it feels like we've kind of gone over the, the cons quite a lot in this episode. So I don't feel like I need to broaden it out even more now in the sum up. It's just what it is. Yeah, the the cons have a can, little, um... can very much outweigh the pros. I do enjoy watching reels. They make me happy. I concur. Like I, the I funny <laughs> reels. Like when, when my mind is a little too overwhelmed with whatever is going on around me, I like taking a few minutes to scroll through funny reels that make me laugh. So thank you, social media, for the funny reels. Yes. And I hope thank you for no the one was like, too. Yeah, I hope no one really got hurt in them. So... Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. Some of them, it's like, oh, Cringe do you have any teeth? Do you have any teeth uh, left in your mouth that look like See, those hurt. I can't watch because it hurts me to watch them. I, I like know. the cute ones where, you know, the, the cute little animals or someone singing a happy tune or... I enjoy the cooking ones, like that they make the their own ones. butter and stuff. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm watching this lady use like an old school like whisk making her own butter. I'm like, good for you. I'm not doing that. No, (laughs) I'm not doing that. You do that. You stick to that. (laughs) I'm happy to watch you do it, but no, (laughs) not for me. And that's okay. That's That's okay. That's where you draw the line. There's reels for everyone. Mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in today on yes. our social media platform about social media. We yeah. definitely appreciate you. Thank you. And until next time, love, love and light. Beautiful humans. Mwah. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Creative Cope's podcast. This is a two-person production. Manuscript and editing done by Jen and Mida. Music by Mida. We hope you have enjoyed listening to Creative Cope's podcast. You can check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Pocket Cast, or Radio Public. Please click on follow and accept all notifications for new releases each week. We are on social media sites such as Instagram, creative.copes, Facebook, Creative Copes podcast. Click follow to see what we are up to. 
We have a website that contains episodes, descriptions, our blog wisdom walks, and links to things mentioned in our podcast. Our address is creativecopes.wixsite.com forward slash podcast. Click subscribe for all updates here as well. Again, it is creativecopes.wixsite.com forward slash podcast. Sharing is caring, so please feel free to share us on any social media sites, our website, or through your favorite listening platform. Feedback is welcomed and appreciated. Reviews keep us on task and let us know how we're doing. Thank you again for joining us as we navigate our Creative Copes journey, one week at a time. Love and light.